Hello, it's Talking with Teresa. I am Teresa Canavo, and I have a lovely new mug that is called the Tea for Talking with Teresa. My daughter Sophia made it for me for Christmas time, and I'm drinking out of it now. Drinking tea right out of it. Today, I'm going to talk to you about what happened when I was on the Food Network Challenge, what it did for me. My self-esteem soared in so many ways, and I think that it's a really important message to get out there. And even though it was back in 2008, wow, 10, over 10 years ago, um, I still think the message is relevant, although maybe my recipes aren't, and maybe my um, challenge, my uh, the actual episode is not so relevant. There's a lot of new, wonderful stuff on Food Network, and I love watching the Food Network. I always have loved watching um, cooking shows. And so, well, let me tell you my story. So I really loved watching Graham Care and Julia Childs and Jacques with my mom. Uh, those guys were just amazing cooks, and she imitated a lot of the stuff that they did. And she was a fabulous, fabulous, still is a fabulous cook, and taught me an awful lot. And I also kind of taught myself trial and error <laughs> in the kitchen. She had wonderful tools, and I loved, you know, I love filling my kitchen with um, some really great tools, kitchen tools that help an awful lot. So I was really encouraged um, by a lot of people to try out for the Food Network. And so I just kept trying out for the next Food Network star. Every time they had a casting call, I went to New York um, when it was close by me and I had fun. I was not just having any expectation, but just thrilled with the present moment and learning about getting in front of a camera. And I found that it kind of liked it. Um, I tried to, um, get on the food network. I tried out often and nobody was really responding to me. They kept saying, thank you. We have, you know, all the people we need. Um, nothing was really happening. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call from somebody at the food network. How excited was I? My heart was beating. And she said, you know, um, we're really looking for somebody with actual culinary school or restaurant experience for the next Food Network star, but why don't you try out for an amateur challenge? She said, we have a crazy for cookies challenge coming up, and if you can give me five recipes in the next couple of days, I will enter you into that contest. And now, mind you, I, it was February. And I was really working hard uh, getting our landscaping display together for the Connecticut Flower Show. And so here I was building walls, planting plants in a fake kind of way, setting things up, getting things ready for a, a beautiful exhibition at the food, uh, sorry, at the uh, flower show. And I had to come up with five original recipes for cookies. And I had, you know, a little bit of experience with cookies. My mom was a great cookie maker. My gosh, at holiday time, we had some beautiful cookies. But I never really made anything more than chocolate chip cookies. And that happened to be one of the categories that they wanted. And I quickly came up with an idea of a cookie that I had made. And my mother-in-law had made beautiful peanut butter balls. And so I added chocolate chips to that recipe, tiny little chocolate chips to the peanut butter center, the crunchy center, and that's that was my recipe. So I said, okay, I've got one down. And this was the time I had to, you know, go search for a Wi-Fi connection and beg somebody in their office to give me the password to the Wi-Fi so I could get this uh, these recipes in. And then I just went on and, and uh, kind of adapted what I thought would be really good recipes from my mom's recipes, like gingerbread, uh, little gingerbread um, houses that I used to make. Um, I adapted that recipe to make smaller versions, uh, an actual bird's house um, gingerbread cookie. And that kind of came to me at 4 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> just before I headed in to go finish up the final details on the landscaping project and I sent that one sent that off too um, and then some other ones that I really 
um, just a shortbread recipe that I adapted to have fruit for the fruit category. Um, we had to do four different categories. Uh, the, the first one being chocolate chip, the next one being a spice cookie, and I did these beautiful whoopies, uh, whoopie pies um, out of pumpkin and a lot, of, a lot of different spices, including cayenne pepper. The next uh, round was a fruit cookie, and then, of course, the signature cookie, which was the bird's house. And I put um, a lot of detail into that. So let's talk about that. So um, I'm going to actually invite Sophia on to this podcast. And we're going to talk about how she kind of saved the day. And uh, let's just get right into the story. So the night before I left in March, just before my birthday, uh, this woman, Septosa Foster, won a, uh, a seafood challenge, the best seafood recipe. And she, I knew that she was also in the cookie challenge. And uh, my, my confidence was just shaken because she was just fabulous. And the wonderful thing is that um, I, I just focused on getting that big check and cashing that big $10,000 check. That was the prize. And I focused on nothing else but what was going to get me from the time that I stepped off the plane until I had that check in my hand. And I was practiced. I probably did a hundred or so batches of cookies. And I invited everyone over that you could imagine that would even, you know, that had a, a taste, <laughs> taste bud and asked them what they thought of my cookies. And I just kept perfecting and perfecting and really... Uh, getting the time down because I had exactly half an hour to mix and bake and, you know, cool and decorate the cookies. That was a hard thing to do. Uh, Normally in my kitchen, I take my time. I'm pretty efficient, but, you know, I don't really time myself. So this was something that I really wanted to make sure that I was prepared for. I had my recipes perfect. Um, printed out in very large print so that I could just tape it to the countertop and not worry about anything. Um, I read the rules over and over and over so that I wouldn't make a mistake. I worked with all, I actually went to an appliance store and I worked with all of the equipment that they had there, the refrigerator, the stove, the oven, I needed the stove for uh, melting the chocolate. I needed the oven for baking the cookies, obviously. And I looked at it. I studied the knobs. I just made it very technical. And I studied my took us off to make sure that I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. I shipped most of my kitchen utensils out to Centennial, Colorado, where it was being recorded. And when I got there on Friday night, I set up my kitchen because that was in the rules. Nobody else did. It was stormy weather. Um, people, Some people got in way too late. I made sure to get in. Um, my mom flew in the first time that my mom ever flew anywhere alone without my dad. Um, I think that was just such a testament of um, support for me. Um, my husband at the time uh, came out and it was Colorado. And let's face it, he wanted to go skiing, (laughs) but he came out and he supported me 100%. Even though he didn't know how to really bake cookies, he was there cheering me on. My mom, however, knew how to make cookies and she knew exactly how to set up my kitchen. So she set up one part and I set up my other part. And I did what is called mise en place, which is measure or mix in place. And I measured everything out because they told me that I could. So everything was sitting there all covered with uh, plastic wrap and foil and whatever. It was ready for me to go. Each batch was on a, on a tray and ready for me to just attack it. So, um, and I got to remind you again, it was before my birthday. So this was like very celebratory for me. This was such a perfect way to celebrate my birthday. So I got there and um, did a couple of interviews and did some, um, recorded some video of of before, you know, getting, getting my story in. And I realized that three, the other three women knew each other. 
they had run the circuit of these contests and they um, had won many of the contests. They did pie contests. And of course, I told you about Septosa Foster being a winner of the seafood contest. And I realized that these women already had a lot ahead of me. They knew how this these things went and they knew a lot of the people at the Food Network already. And um, they kind of were high-fiving each other and they were, you know, talking about how they were going to win and they were very supportive of each other. Um, and I uh, tried to get into that circle, but um, I, let's face it, I didn't have the background that they did. But that didn't, that didn't uh, change the way I felt. I was just ready to go ahead and attack this. Uh, the other guy, the token man of the group, <laughs> was a really cocky guy. And uh, he um, basically was a cook in the army and hadn't done any of the contests. So we kind of got along on that respect. But boy, he was just arrogant and not prepared at all. If you had watched the episode, you would see him go to try to, he brought his own pans and he tried to stick his own pans, those big, huge pans into the oven. <laughs> and they did not fit. They did not fit into the oven. And I knew exactly what the measurements of the oven was. And I had my pans. I had double pans, actually. I had two small pans that fit precisely into the exact measurement of the oven. So I was pretty proud that I did do my studies and I, I knew what I was doing. Um, with regard to the KitchenAid and the brand of oven. I don't remember what the brand is, but I knew it exactly then. So here we are now. It's Friday night, and I'm trying to sleep, and uh, I stayed up very late preparing my kitchen. And we get a wake-up alarm super early, probably like 4 o'clock in the morning. I think I had gone to bed at about 2. And we were told that we were getting picked up super early because there was ice and snow, which is very common for Colorado, for where we were, Centennial, Colorado. However, because of the storm, they wanted to make sure that they had plenty of time to get us to the um, uh, the uh, studio where we were going to be recording. And uh, so here we are up early, and my mom is checking my outfit and making sure that I had the perfect earrings to match my perfect shirt. <laughs> The color was great. It didn't even matter because I was getting covered with a, an apron. But um, that's a mom for you to help you make sure that you look good. And my hair was done. My makeup looked great. And so here we go. We march in and we are getting ready. And we uh, we go into the green room and we uh, do a little recording there. And then we go off and we get started. And I have um, a runner assigned to me. I have my own audio guy. I have my own video guy. I have my whole team and I have a producer and uh, they kind of just walked me through it every step of the way and I was ever so grateful um, for their kindness. They were, um, you know, they, they just made me feel a little bit more calm and I tried to lose the, um, the jitters and uh, the audio guy actually said, you know, you sing to yourself when you're in the bathroom and I said, oh my god, you're listening to me in the bathroom? And I remember to turn my audio off after that. But it's nice to know that I sing while I don't even realize it. <laughs> and my mom was, uh, she would come into the bathroom every time with me too. And just, you know, in between uh, um, the video recordings and just, you know, calm me down and tell me you're doing great. And she would tell me what the um, what the other people were saying around me, the audience members um, what some of the judges were saying, and she actually came in and told me, she said, they're going to um, say, pick out something bad about you because you're doing so great, it looks too one-sided, and people are going to figure out, um, you know, what the ending is, and I said, um, well, that's okay. I'll try, you know, I'll just keep going and doing what I'm doing. So sure enough, they, uh, you know, they put in a few times where, you know, maybe I didn't mix something just exactly right, or I didn't make the mark on, uh, on the measurement or something. But that was about all the, the only thing they had bad to say about me. Um, so I started out with a cookie, um, the chocolate chip cookie recipe. And my chocolate chip cookie was a no-bake recipe. And that means I didn't put it in the oven. Um, they were astounded. And I thought that I was brilliant. 
to do this, right? Start right out of the gate doing something a little, you know, interesting. So it was a peanut butter ball and you can still find the recipe on the Food Network. If you Google Teresa Canavo, Crazy for Cookies Challenge, Food Network, it will pop up my uh, four different recipes there. And of course, I will always send it to you. If you send me an email or a text or something, you can find my phone number and, or Facebook message me. I will be happy to send you the recipes. So this peanut butter ball had Rice Krispies in it for crispiness in the center and uh, peanut butter and some sugar and baby tiny little chocolate chips. And I formed them into a ball, which was really quick. I only had to do, I think, about 20 cookies. So I only mixed up exactly what I needed. It was basically about 15 for the audience and five for the judges, one for the um, the MC and then four, I think we had four judges. And so um, the presentation didn't matter. So I threw it on just a little platter where everybody else took a lot of time to do a, a doily or, you know, the garnish. Well, we weren't getting judged on that. We were getting judged on how it tasted and how original the recipe was and Oh, I think, yeah. So anyway, presentation was not part of this, these first four cookies. Only presentation was the last cookie, and that's what we were getting judged on. So I thought I really was going to nail it from the start, and I lost that round by two points because, um, let's see, what was his name? Um, yeah, can't think of his name, but one of the judges, an arrogant kind of guy because he you know, rightly so. He was uh, a pretty well-known chef and uh, cookbook writer. He said that biting into my recipe, my cookie, tasted like biting into raw cookie dough. And hello, who doesn't love that? I think there's a store that is just cookie dough. You go in and you can buy cookie dough and put it in a cup and eat it. My kids barely ever got the cookies to the oven because they would eat the cookie dough before I even started. This didn't have eggs in it, so there was no chance of salmonella. So, of course, it's going to taste delicious. And that was just that was just a, a kind of a, a way of, you know, starting it off with a little bit of, um, ooh, um, a little edginess. So I only lost by two points, though. So I knew that, I you know, I was waiting for my name to be called first, and it didn't. But I was in second place by two points. I said, oh, my God, wait till you see the next couple of recipes that I have. You're going to be blown away. So I knew I had it. The next round was um, the uh, spice cookie. And, um, you know, one of the contestants did one spice. He had cinnamon. Big deal. I had coriander, cardamom cayenne pepper, cinnamon, and cloves. And in such minuscule amounts that it just was an explosion of flavor on your tongue. However, because of the altitude, my whoopie pies were not so whoopy. They were a little flat. They kind of flattened out. And then I drizzled them with a little bit of icing. So it really was a delicious sweetness. It was a little towards a savory cookie. It was not as extremely sweet except for a little bit of the drizzle on the top but um and then I put a little crystallized um crystallized sugar on the top too uh for decoration so that was a really good original recipe and I started you know really taking off then um it just it tasted delicious the pumpkin um in it was uh gave it a little bit of an orange uh you know uh look to it and it was just delicious. It looked good and it tasted good. And these um, <laughs> these judges were, I think they were probably sick of cookies after doing this competition. But I think they were really having some fun with it. And uh, so I started really taking over. I think the reason that I took over that round is, you know, Saptosa was a really good competitor. Um, she was a force to contend with. But she borrowed some of my tools, and I graciously handed it over. Not that we were being judged, but I'm just like that. I didn't care. I knew I was going to win anyway. And I handed over my grater to her, and she used that for her sweet potato because that's what the recipe she was doing. But she mistakenly put in a tablespoon of baking soda with a recipe that called for a teaspoon of baking soda. 
And I didn't know that, but that ruined her recipe. And so, um, you know, she was uh, not as careful. And I am grateful that that happened because I think she really could have given me a run for my money, (laughs) so to speak. So let's see. The next recipe was a fruit cookie. And, you know, I looked at lemon, you know, all kinds of lemon recipes. I love lemon cookies. But gosh darn it, everybody does a lemon cookie. I had to be a little more original. So I did a shortbread rope. And what I did is I laid it out as, um, you know, a long strand of shortbread. I put an indentation on each, oh, about every three quarters of an inch. And I filled that with a little bit of blueberry boysenberry jam. The blueberries I had picked up at Platte Hill Park, which is one of my favorite places to go in July. The wild blueberries are crazy and you got to get to them before the birds and the bears do. And I did that year. Um, and then Papa Canavo had um, these beautiful boysenberries um, all along his fence. And I got to pick some of those and I made a, a gorgeous jam out of that. So that went into the uh, indentation. And then when they came out, I had to bake those really quick because these all had half an hour from the time that you mixed until the time that you um, were ready. And it had to be on a plate in exactly 30 minutes. And so um, I needed it to cool a little bit, but then I drizzled um, a beautiful white chocolate across it and then um, served it that way. And uh, it just, it looked gorgeous. So I cut it into twists and uh, it was a very tiny cookie. It was not a huge cookie and I just served two. So it was really elegant. They were kind of shaped like crescents uh, the way I cut them. And um, I really took off on that round I believe too and it was uh it was really getting interesting and fun but boy was I getting tired it took us an entire 12 hours to record a one hour show basically about 45 minutes uh 40 40 to 45 minutes because of the uh, commercial breaks and uh it was fascinating I loved you know all the attention that I was getting I loved being in front of the camera I got fun with the camera. Um, I got fun with the camera guy. And oh, here's a wonderful thing to remember. Yeah, the camera guy had the flu and he was sneezing and coughing everywhere. And I didn't really give it too much thought. But the next day being my birthday, I went skiing and I came down with the flu so quickly and had to fly out that night with my head stuffed (laughs) and my ears crackling and popping. It was the worst flu that I'd ever had in my life. I don't th- I think I've only gotten it once um, after that time, but man, that it that was uh, one one bad thing from the cookie challenge that I do remember. But uh, anyway, he did the job. He was amazing. He was in my face with the camera the whole time and never Never did he bump into me or touch my feet or anything. He danced around me and around all the utensils and everything that I was doing like an unbelievable ballerina. He was beautiful and um, just, you know, really talented at his craft, as as were everyone really was. They were just absolutely professional, consummate professionals. Uh, the producer came to me and said, thank you for being so wonderful to work with. And I just looked at her and I said, what are you talking about? I'm just being me. And there you go. There's one of my tips to how the Food Network um, really affected me. I realized that I could just really be me and it was celebrated and it was okay. And she had said to me, some of the members, some of the contestants are not being so wonderful to work with. And I knew exactly who she was talking about. She was talking about Mary Artinian. Now, Mary Artinian had just done a documentary on her son being one of the first people to have a cochlear implant. And this documentary followed her family for a little bit. And so that kind of shook my confidence a little bit early on because I realized that she had so much experience in front of the camera. And she was, it was a really good documentary. But man, was she a grumpo. Oh, she was so irritable. She didn't sleep at all. 
she had said, um, you know, here's my little, uh, my little, uh, secret in my pocket. And she shook her, um, little bottle of, uh, prescription drug. <laughs> I don't know which one it was, but you can imagine. She said, this is what's going to get me through. And she had gotten up at about two o'clock in the morning and, um, had a grinder cause she was hungry and she didn't really sleep very well. So she was really irritable. Holy cow. Went to go give her a hug and she pushed me away. Now who doesn't want a hug from Teresa Canavo? Well, Mary Artinian didn't. Uh, so there's a little bit of dirt behind, you know, the, uh, wonderful food network, crazy for cookies challenge. Um, so she, she was crying that she missed her family. And I think that may have been the drugs taking over, but, um, she could have been a really great contender as well if it weren't for that issue. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So little by little, I realized that, you know, really being myself, I just might win this thing. And so I continued to just, you know, keep, just pay attention to what I was supposed to be doing and get that signature cookie done. So here we come to the signature cookie. And like I said, I got up at four o'clock in the morning, one morning, and realized what I, I could do. I had always made these beautiful... Um, <laughs> it just makes me crack up when I think of the kids and I decorating these, um, uh, well, the whole family, Joe, Joe got right into it too. And, and, uh, Joe's cousin, Mark would make these with me too. It was just a family affair. So I would make these gingerbread houses and one year we did a gingerbread train. And so I would bake the gingerbread ahead of time. And then all the pieces had to be assembled with royal icing. And now, if you don't know what royal icing is, uh, that is an icing that's made with the egg whites and a lot of sugar, and you just keep whipping it until um, it turns into mortar. <laughs> it's like a concrete cement um, So once it dries. So that's something that, um, you know, of course, you, you, you lick your fingers and you're eating the candies that you're decorating with, and by the end of making a gingerbread house, you're pretty sick on sugar, so... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I would get uh, round candies and gumdrops and um, we used cinnamon sticks some of the time or chocolate bars. We did all kinds of decorating. We made doors. And what I would do on um, as I was baking some of the walls and the roof and stuff, I would make cutouts and then I would fill that with uh, uh, crushed candies, just the clear candies, and it would make like a stained glass window. So I realized that's what I need to do for this crazy challenge, this crazy for cookies challenge. So I created a smaller scale version and made it into a birdhouse. And the top roof had the stained glass in it. And it was just a simple birdhouse with a cutting and the, you know, a pretzel stick for a perch. And I put a little bird's nest inside with eggs. And I put um, a light a tea light, a battery operated tea light inside so that the stained glass would shine through, which we had done in all our gingerbread houses in our, the train. And, um, I put a little, you know, tiny little eggs and I put a little bird inside there because this was the, the, uh, the last, um, signature cookie that we were getting judged on presentation. So I had these, uh, small boards that I had stapled on some, uh, some fabric that looked like fur. It was, um, it kind of looked like green grass that was very green. And I had some branches outside of it with uh, some flowers on there too. And I just nestled that that perfect little birdhouse right on that. And I, my uh, husband at the time had made these hammers that said Food Network on it because they had to throw a tea towel over, the judges had to throw a tea towel over the bird's nest, the uh, birdhouse, and they had to whack it with a hammer because that's how you um, eat <laughs> the gingerbread house. You actually have to break it apart with a hammer. And I thought that would be very showy and very interesting, and they had a ball with it. I think uh, Catherine Alvord was the Food Network um, cook, the chef, and she was one of the judges, and she went, hoo-ha! She was very excited to break it. So I put a tea towel over it so that they could uh, the pieces wouldn't go flying and they wouldn't have any danger. But um, they broke it apart, and then I was judged on that. So presentation, I got a huge score. I think probably a perfect score. 
Um, originality, I got a perfect score. Um, I didn't quite make the mark, Catherine said, on the baking because as I rolled it out, um, I tried to keep it consistent. I had two magazines on either side or rulers or something on either side of my rolling pin, but I didn't quite you know, have it very even. So some of it baked a little bit more so it was crispy and some of it didn't bake quite as much because I had put cream cheese in the um, in the recipe to make it kind of original and make it creamy and more uh, leather-like instead of, you know, really crispy-like. And so that re- that baking didn't quite get done in some spots. But for originality, um, I had it. Uh, some of the other signature cookies were just big cookies who cares? A big cookie is, you know, if it doesn't have taste or whatever, if it doesn't, you know, really taste great, then, you know, what difference does that make? It might be healthy for you, but <laughs> not really. Um, the Mary Artinian had done, she had done a, a wedding cake cookie that looked beautiful and she took her time decorating it, but it didn't taste like anything and it was, you know, nicely decorated. Big deal. Um, some, oh, let's see, uh, David, he made a cookie that just flopped. It just didn't do what it he thought it was going to do. I think he was trying to make a, a little pond out of a cookie. So he shaped it, but it just flattened right out. And he put a ton of co- uh, chocolate on top of it. And uh, and then let's see, Diona Hurt, she was making a, a black and white cookie. So she had, uh, she was so excited because she had like $13 worth of Belgian chocolate. And, uh, you know, big deal. You can see a black and white cookie at any bakery, practically, um, you know, any bakery at all. Uh, so that was no big deal. Let's see, Septosa, let's see, what was she making? She was, oh, I can't remember. I think she was doing a sweet potato with mango, um, like a Fig Newton. And I guess that was, that. maybe that was the one that had the uh, too much baking soda, so it was flawed. So she failed. Um and uh, so I won. I got $10,000. I got $10,000. Boy, did I spend that quick too. Um, let's, uh, let's take a little break here because I think that I'm going to advertise for Anchor. <laughs> Put a little advertisement in there. And I'm also going to go and talk about um, the recording that we did at my house and uh, how I got ready for that, and one little fun thing that my daughters were included in when they came to visit what Teresa's home life was, and it was very interesting, and we're going to learn together, Sophia and I are going to learn together about how we can bring somebody into a podcast on Anchor, so we will be right back. Welcome back to Talking with Teresa, and I got a chance to have a little bit more of my tea (laughs) from Sophia's wonderful mug that she made me, Um, and I'm going to invite Sophia on to uh, talk about a little story about when the Food Network actually came out to my house. So um, after I won $10,000, paid a couple of mortgage payments, let me tell you, that was, um, we had just built a big, beautiful house up on the hill in Winchester, and um, I had put a garden in, and we were still doing a lot of excavation on the exterior part of the house, building walls, uh, because it was a huge slope, big, uh, lived up on a big hill, little mountain, big hill. And uh, so they came to our house to do a little bit of uh, video of us working in our yard and me working in my kitchen and, uh, and tending to my family. And um, that was really interesting. It was, uh, they were a crew that came right out from New York and uh, just took a little bit of time. It wasn't a very long thing. But a very interesting thing, I was actually on the Food Network twice so I had told you earlier in the episode that I uh, kept trying out to get onto the Food Network, and they saw some of the demo tapes that I had sent in, and I had auditioned, and uh, they called me from the Iron Chef, and they said, we're doing uh, advertisement marketing for the Iron Chef, and it's called, you know, how do you Iron Chef? And so they actually said, do you think you could put a quick commercial together? 
And I said, you betcha. And this actually happened just before I went out to Centennial, Colorado to do the Crazy for Cookies Challenge. I thought it was very interesting. And boy, I thought I was going to be a superstar. I was like, oh, twice, you know, in two months, I'm on the Food Network. This is amazing. And I was ready for it. And so they came out to my house and they said, we'd like to do a battle of the bands because that's something that we were doing at the time. My two daughters were um, in, in getting into music and um, my uh, ex-husband is into music and his family is very much into music. And so we had a band, you know, practice at our house all the time and made music, you know, all the time whole family did the whole family would jump in and I usually was doing the food and sometimes you know when we would go out to see the um the uh family members playing out it would we'd get in late at night and I would make breakfast now I had chickens so I always had plenty of eggs on hand and we had eggs every different way that you could imagine hollandaise sauce was a regular thing at my house poached eggs fried eggs scrambled eggs frittatas uh, custards and flan and you name it. I made everything with those eggs. Um, the animals, the dogs and the cats ate eggs and the chickens were our prized possessions because they did a really good job of, um, keeping the bugs and the ticks and everything away from our house. So we, uh, we took care of them really well and they took care of us. So late night, you know, two o'clock in the morning, I'd be making waffles and pancakes or whatever, uh, toast, uh, uh, um, um, eggs Benedict, uh, eggs Florentine. I usually like that. That was one of my favorites with spinach and a good, great hollandaise sauce over the top. And we did that often. That was just like the culmination to the night. Um, if you had been imbibing a little bit, that would help with the hangover the next day. Um, it was just a good thing. It was a, just a great, really great bonding, wonderful relationship building thing. So that's what I told them. So we had a battle of the bands. We battled against Gilbert School. They were wonderful. They won. And, uh, you know, a couple of the in-laws. And uh, so that was fun. We did that down at the Gilson Theater right up on their stage. And then we zoomed up to my house (laughs) where I was waiting, uh, getting ready to cook. I cooked for 40 people. Now, I was told at the time... Um, to just have a few people in the audience with the Battle of the Bands and they would make it look like it was a, a full audience. But um, for some reason, I couldn't keep my family members away from my house that day. And they said, well, we really don't like to do that because we don't want to try to mic everybody. And I said, they will be very quiet. And they were. They were wonderful audience members. So I had um, three judges Um, some family members and a friend who was just like family. And I competed against my friend, Anita DeFonte, who also had eggs. So she brought her Easter colored eggs against my brown eggs, my Rhode Island reds. And we competed. And I guess you can imagine who won (laughs) the challenge. But um, Iron Chef was just an incredible incredible show that just started at the time and was very very fun to watch Um, still is one of my very favorites where two professionals come together and uh, you know the judges make a decision on who is the better chef for that day and so well it was my house so of course it was right that I should win and uh, I think I did create some pretty interesting Um, egg recipes. If you want those recipes, you'll have to get in touch with me and I'll send you those. So that was my, um, well, my run with the Food Network, How Do You Iron Chef? And I am still cooking and I am still happy to do demonstrations. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be preparing a ladies, uh, ladies night cooking demonstration where we're going to talk about just putting together some really simple soups and you know it's the ultimate comfort food um, the best way to lose weight if you're really trying to uh, watch what you you know maybe what you ate over the holidays or just uh, get in a couple of simple meals that are um, a little more restrictive in the calories and still filling at the same time that's going to be really fun Um, and I can't wait to get back into doing some more cooking and um, 
I have a smaller kitchen now, which means that I can teach you how to be really efficient with the uh, amount of ingredients or the uh, workspace. I think that's the thing that I really excel at is um, creating a workspace that is just uh, so efficient that it doesn't take you a long time to clean up. I don't even care so much about preparing. I can prepare delicious food with just a small amount of space, but geez, who wants to be in the kitchen still cleaning up it, you know, after you make something that, that delicious. Um, I usually have the rule that, you know, whoever cooks in the family anyway, whoever cooks doesn't do the cleanup. So, um, that's probably why I liked cooking so much because I, I really don't like doing the cleanup. So, um, let's, let's just pause here for a second and I'm, going to run another commercial for Anchor and uh, and then I'm going to include Sophia in on this episode. Hello. What? Hello. <laughs> I'm so, here. You are there. I, I'm going to do just a little bit of an introduction here. Um, okay. to finish off this episode of getting onto the food network with you, lovely daughter, Sophia, who's available. Um, cause the other ones yeah. are all working or in school and thank you for taking some time. I know you're traveling to your next job and it is such yeah. a good time for me to take a break girl. Cause I've been tearing down a sofa and I'm happy to sit back and finish off this episode with you and tell awesome. the incredible story of when the Food Network actually came to our house from, uh, let's see, the crew came from New York City and they came out to the country. They were so delighted to come to this country house, this big, huge house that we built up on the hill and come see us as we were gardening and so kind of finishing off the house and uh, cooking and uh, yeah yeah that was so cool yeah go ahead and tell your rendition of when they came and then we'll tell the wonderful story of baking so many batches of cookies for sure okay so it must be noted that that was one of my favorite times in my life because what 15 year old doesn't want just cookies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. <laughs> I just, it was so cool. There was like hundreds of cookies all the time. And I remember in, and, I, and I'll get to your question in just a second, but I remember one of the judges saying to you about your no-bake peanut butter balls. They were like, oh, well, she didn't bake them. I don't know. And then one of the judges was like, well, you clearly aren't the mother of three daughters who love to eat cookie dough. <laughs> So, Mark um, Bittman is the, the guy, the, the one judge yeah, yeah. that said that. And then um, Mike was the one that came in and saved the day, and he was like my yeah. hero. So go and ahead. I remember yes. the crew coming to our house, and it's so funny when you watch these HGTV shows or you watch these episodes where they see, you see the home life. You get to get a good image as to what their home life is like, what their hobbies are, what they do with their family. You know, they'll film them in the park or something like that. But for us, it was so cool because you are such a multifaceted woman. You do so much. So cooking was not your only thing that you were doing. I mean, you talked about the flower show and that you were doing that at the time. And I was in a play and I think my older sister was too. And we were in Alice in Wonderland and you were making the costumes for Alice in Wonderland, the show. And part of the filming that they did was they filmed you sewing and modifying the costume on us, which was so cool. They were down in our basement. You had your little studio set up down in the basement. And then we went out to the garden and we were, you know, gardening and everything. We had a chicken coop that we were upkeeping. And I remember watching it all come together and little clips of where we were living at the time, our hometown, and just the way that they pieced it all together. It was so cool. It was so cool to be a part of it. And I was so young, but I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I really, really did. Um, now, are you still there? You still hear me? Yeah. Oh, can you hear good. me? Yeah, I just wanted to. Oh, sorry. No, it's no problem. Oh, goodness. Sorry. So yeah, I, I thought that that was absolutely so, it was so cool to watch how it all came together. And I loved being a part of it. And then of course, to see myself on TV, 
you know, let alone the Food Network when it aired. That was so cool. It was so fun. Yeah, it it really was for me. But uh, be, you know, I was I was so I was devastated that I couldn't take kids out to to see and to be with me because you you know even back then you're my number one fan. <laughs> And um, all you girls are just, you know, so supportive. And um, I, it just couldn't happen. It was too cost, you know, it was very expensive. I didn't know that I was going to win, even though I pictured and envisioned that I would win. Um, but I had to pay for my way out there. And then they reimbursed me um, afterwards. And uh, so, it, yeah, it was really, um, you know, just too quick. And I couldn't get my whole family out there. So it was wonderful to be able to share that part of it with you. Totally. So... Here, let me set this up. So here we are in the kitchen now, my big beautiful kitchen that I made to cook cookies, bake cookies, <laughs> and bake and cook everything else, and have you know lots of entertainment and all that, and all your friends over. Yes. And so I'm cooking in the oven, and I've got you know batches and batches of cookies, okay, all set, you know, for them to take pictures of and whatever. And I'd made a nice chicken dinner or something like that. Yeah. You guys were sitting down. Your dad and I think we're having a glass of wine. They showed us doing that. And so Cecilia being, what did you say? She was 18 at the time. Well, she was almost 18. She was 17. Yes. Um, and, you know, she was the oldest. So they chose her to be mic'd. And um, your dad and I, I don't think we even had a mic on. They just had a mic on her. She was and so she combined. <laughs> she was yeah, she was so adorable. She, her, she, they gave her a line to say, and they gave me a line to say, and I had a plate of cookies, and I was supposed to come out, and you guys were supposed to be so excited. Well, we had done so many takes, and so they, I passed the uh, platter of cookies, passed you, passed your sister, little sister Tessa, to Cecilia so she can say her line, and I hold the plate, and I say, would you like to try mom's cookies? I'm trying out for the Food Network, or something like that. Yeah. And she says, no, no thanks. Thank <laughs> no, she, she was like, I was so sick of cookies. I couldn't eat another one. But the thing is, and she, she forgot that we were doing, yeah, she forgot we were doing a take. And, and then you just like chimed right up. It reminds me of the hot dog commercial where the little, little boy, the little um, younger brother says, I can do it. And he makes the commercial because yes. you yes. were like, I can do it. I can do it. Give me the mic. And you practically ripped the mic off, off of her. <laughs> I did. I did. And I was like, I'll try your cookie mom. <laughs> Even though I had probably 14 pounds of cookies at this point in the production. Oh, but that was just so funny. And the the fact that she was so polite about it, too, that she was, no, thank you. It's just, I think she was just, she didn't know what was going on. It was so funny. It was so funny. It was. It was It was a little maddening at the time, but it was funny. It, thinking about it in retrospect, you were so perfect. I don't know if you remember this, but you said, this was your own line, these taste like award-winning cookies. Oh, did I? <laughs> and they were like, cut perfect print it let's go oh my god that's too funny yeah it's too funny. You were impressive and yeah it was really fun <laughs> and we'll laugh about that forever oh my gosh if cecilia listens to this she's gonna hate us oh well <laughs> well you know what she was brilliant in the way that she was you know she yes. she did what she could and she i have to say about cecilia real quick that she is extremely witty and she is so good when it comes to putting pen on paper. Oh if God. you ask she her sure to draw an illustration of that in a comic strip, she would have you in stitches because she's so good at putting pen to paper. It's just she's not, yeah. you know, she's not the kind of person to deliver a line audi audibly, yep. you know. So Well, I got to say she's pretty darn witty a lot of the time too. But for and that's why we were just so astounded. Totally. And she was just tired out, and she was sick and tired of being asked <laughs> to eat cookies. Try one more cookie. Yeah, totally, totally. Oh, she's the best. Oh my gosh. Well, dear daughter, thank you so much for uh, ending off this episode in a wonderful way. Totally. With our little totally. story, and um, you know, I know that you're on your way to your lessons, so I'm going to let you go do that. Awesome. And I can't wait to see you a little bit later, so that we can. Uh, 
reminisce a little bit more and uh, have some tea and talk about our day. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I just got to thank you because that trip to Florida after you finished All right. was... Where'd we go? Down to, Where'd we go? Down to Disney. Disney! <laughs> Down to Disney. That was one of the best trips of my entire life. And it was so fun because Aww. as much as we, you know, we tried to get out as as kids, as a family, I know that you took us on camping trips and you took us on trips that, you know, were, I would say, just modest. They were heartwarming. They were family. But that one was, was finally... affordable. Right, exactly. Yeah. We had to, you know, we had to act affordably because that's what you have to do when yeah. you have a family of five. And, um, we rented you know, a condo. Rented a, condo. We rented a condo. We set up a budget plan where we were like, "Ooh, you know, you won, and we can, you know, yeah. miss much each day." And thirty dollars a day for um, souvenirs. Uh, for souvenirs. <laughs> and you kept back with. I taught you how to use a spreadsheet. First uh -huh. time you used a spreadsheet, probably, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. And you were saying, yeah. you know, there's a lot of lessons that you pulled from that experience, and mm -hmm. I can definitely attest to that. You know, I learned uh -huh. that. Money doesn't grow on trees, but um, sometimes you catch a lucky break and what you do with it is really important. And you, you spent it on your family and you spent it on giving your kids an experience that they'll always remember. And um, yeah. thank you for that. So thanks for sharing it with me. Thanks for sharing all of it with yeah. me. And here we are 10 years later and we're still, we're still reminiscing. Still talk. It. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yep. And I love the scrapbook that you made of that year too, That's or that right. uh, whole trip yeah I forgot about that, that. you got to pull that out I want to look yeah. at that again yeah yes definitely awesome. Tessa was such a patootie oh, she, she was, was little. such a little kid That's yeah really cool well awesome thank you so much for having me on with your tea with Teresa you're talking with Teresa I'm glad you like your uh, mug I do love my mug all righty okay I go make some more cookies and have some tea all right I'll be over later Okay, daughter. Love you, mom. <laughs> Love you, too. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm going to take just a few minutes here, not even a minute, uh, to tell you about Anchor Podcasting. I was introduced to this uh, about a month ago, maybe and realize this is a great way for me to talk to people and they can't talk back. Well, that's kind of funny, but um, I think you will love using Anchor as well if you have a message to get out. The ease of being able to use it is great and you can do it anywhere. As you can hear, I'm driving down the road right now and I'm safe, I'm hands-free, but I'm also doing some things that I love, which is teaching and educating people about their health, um, about whatever it is that I love doing. I love gardening. I love cooking. I love doing my landscaping gardens. I love talking about, uh, you know, all kinds of ways to make your life a little better. I talk about upholstery and sewing. It's just great. So please listen to the next message. And I hope that you'll get in touch with me. I hope that you'll favorite this podcast and keep it going because that's how I get paid. And if I get paid, then I can continue to bring you some really important information and entertaining stories. Thank you.